it's Friday. Welcome to the Team Super Dad wrap up. We're here, as always, to celebrate the end of our week, to talk some nonsense, maybe topical, maybe some stuff from our life, maybe uh, stuff we've made up uh, to fill the show with uh, with hilarity and and good goodwill. But whatever your week has been like, and mine has been some highs and lows, as we will get into. But uh, you're in the right place. We're going to have some laughs. We're going to have some drinks. And uh, I'm going to tell you all about it after this. Welcome to Team Super Dad. Real dads creating their best lives ever. More time, more money, more fun. You are not alone. You're on Team Super Dad. Hey, welcome to the Team Super Dad wrap up. If you've not joined us before, then you are glad to be here. First timers, pop in your wrap up cherry tonight. And uh, and if you're a regular listener, watcher, subscriber, then it's great to have you back. Always, it's nice to feel that people come back, isn't it? It's like like you've done something good. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're like a like athlete's foot. You know, once you've got us, you just can't get rid of us. <laughs> Itchy. Itchy little fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, well, I've never... I, 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 I did notice, I did notice as I was doing that, because as the, uh, the, the the wonderful funky music was going, I was looking at a different screen. And as 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 you, we, we went on screen, I noticed that I went, I did that. And I felt I felt like Ron Burgundy or something. Like, hey. hey. What does he say? Go in, San Diego. Oh, yeah. Good. <laughs> I love that film. Oh, it we is. should... You know, they've turned I, off watch parties on Facebook. So I, we, we, you can't like, get people. Not that I ever really did that. But um, I can't believe they haven't worked out some way that you can watch things together. You know, what, I was, like in, on a, like a big screen where you all kind of turn up at the same time. Maybe, you, maybe they could they could sell like food and snacks as well. Yeah. Put seats in. Make well, I have done that. I have, I have, I have, I've done not not the cinema thing, but I have done uh, watch along dates before, um, where you've not been in the same place at the same time, but you wanted to spend time together. So you basically, <laughs> we 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 did it. So we were both watching the same movie, but trouble is, she was watching it on Sky, I was watching it on Netflix, and they were the wrong version. They were different versions. So every now and then, I'd have to pause it while she caught up, and then um, she'd have like, or I, there'd be like different timings. There'd be extra scenes in one and not in another, and it was just. It was a nightmare. Basically, what I'm saying is it's not worth dating because the logistics are too much. I think you should just give up now. Well, I've got updates for you on that front in a minute, Glenn. Uh, do you know on, on airplanes, they used to do that, cut out, like, you know, you get a movie on an airplane. Mm-hmm. All the days are built in, 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 in back of the seat stuff, kids, things our kids won't ever know about. But they would do film, mo- plain versions of, of movies. And then, oh, it's, it's, I, I thought they still did, but they, when I've, whenever I've been on, um, um, obviously not last year, but before, uh, they, they'll say, right, you've you got the screen in front of you, haven't you? But they'll say, like, yeah, be, be aware this movie has like, adult scenes. Now, if I'm sitting here and there's some random kid sitting next to me, what am I supposed to do? <coughs> Excuse me. Am I, am I supposed to kind of, like put a blanket over the screen so he can't see. He might yeah. not be able to hear it, but if there's boobs, you're damn right he's going to be watching it. Yeah, uh, 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 like a dis- what they call it? like a like a discretionary, not a discretionary, like a, a, a oh uh, God, I can't think of the word. A decency flap. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly that. That's what we need. Some sort of decency flap. A decency flap. Well, I told you when I, when that was when I first discovered uh, Brockmire. 
but as as the show rolled in the back of my seat on a virgin atlantic plane it said uh please be uh, please be uh, considerate to people around you this program contains sex violence drugs and nudity <laughs> i was like as does put- every good flight i gotta say yeah <laughs> left foot right foot header brilliant <laughs> so uh how's your week been glenn how's your week been uh, it's, it's had its ups and downs. It's been, I mean, overall, it's been good. It's been another busy one, but you know, I'm sick and tired of saying it's busy. Everyone's busy. You know, can you remember a time when you weren't busy? Um, thought uh, we've, we've done some good things at work, but, uh, got, got, got a bit of a knock today when, uh, someone I wanted to get a job and I'd kind of put myself on the line a bit to get them a bloody good offer to come and work with me. Um, and made sure they got the offer and, uh, yeah, they've, they've, they've turned us down which is a real shame. So I'm glad about that. And also on a kind of a non-work front as well, uh, I, I've basically had to stand up to it. I've gone for Harry Potter and, or no, was it, uh, who was, who's the one in Harry Potter number one where he stands up to his friends? Um, the, the fat kid who ends up killing Voldemort. Oh, I'm not very good at, uh, uh, Harry Potter. I know the Weasleys were their brother, were their friends. Yeah. Wh- whoever, whoever the kid was in number one that stood up, I had to, I've had to stand up to a friend this week. They've, uh, for the past year or maybe longer, they've just been getting more and more and more kind of self-absorbed and, uh, kind of fatalistic and negative and aggressive and spiteful to their friends around them. And I've had to say enough's enough. I'm not going to enable this anymore. Uh, and they've, they've really gone off on one because, but I think friends don't let friends like continue in that way. Friends don't enable their friends to be doing the bad things. And so at some point you've got to draw a line in the sand and say, no more. I'm not, I'm not going to be part of that. So it's been, it's been a, it's been a tough week in some ways, but um, you know, you think the friendship is going to be over because of that, or do you think? I, I don't. I've I've said to him that I I I don't think you're terrible. I think how you've acted is terrible, but I don't think you're terrible. And I want I want you to get better. I, I've been there for so long, really, really tough times, um, and I know things are bad. But I'm not just going to sit here and tell you all the things you want to hear that you're making all the right decisions when you're making the wrong decisions. I'll yeah. be here for you when you're ready. When you're ready to come out of this, then I'll be there for you. But until then, I, I just don't want any part of it. Oh, Glenn, I so we'll see, how, we'll see how long that takes. No, I respect that. That's, that's, and I don't mean that just like, Oh yeah, well done, mate. That's brilliant. Uh, it takes a lot to, 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 well, I'll tell you what it doesn't take a lot to do. It doesn't take much to step over that sort of stuff. And most people mm. generally do. And the thing is it, it, the, the taste is still left there. The friendship is tainted by having thought it and not said it. Yeah. It's just, you kept it in, you kept it in. It's like just following the poison and waiting for someone else to die. Um, you, you stood up f- for what you believe values. If you don't, I've been writing a, a, a an ebook this week, uh, part of the hero Academy and, and that program, um, which is the, like the paid part of, of team super dad and purpose is the number one it's called the power code so purpose purpose ownership work execute and reward and inside a purpose is values mm-hmm. and if, if we're experiencing life as this isn't as much fun as i want it to be i don't feel quite as good about this as as, as i hope to then the place where we can go to look is is our values and purpose because if we're not living those in everything we do and say and who we hang out with, then somewhere along the line, we just, it's just that the zest for life just starts to, to fade away. So 
you know, you probably weren't thinking about all that when you did it. You were just, I know what your life's I've started to get to know you quite well now. You, you, you are a man of values and you're like, you don't like, don't like it when people cross that. I, I, I respect that massively. Cheers, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It, it's, I, I would want some, it's a harsh truth. And it, the hardest thing is to kind of say, say honest things that are, you know are going to hurt someone, but it's for their own good. But yeah. sometimes you just got to do that. And I desperately hope that, that they'll, they'll listen. I don't think they're ready to listen now. I think they're, they're still lashing out and they're still being aggressive and still, um, in a, an angry place and a kind of a, a victim place as well of it's all everybody else's fault. And yes, some of it, other people have done bad things, but the way they've firstly, the way they've instigated and secondly, the way they've dealt with it, I think are wrong. And while they're in a space of it's everybody else's fault, then they're in a space where everybody else are the people who've got to fix it. Whereas I think they've got to take some ownership of their own actions, their own attitudes, their own uh, mindset and, and own that and ac- acknowledge that they did some wrong things and they've acted in ways that aren't, that, that they're not going to look back on in pride and think, okay, how can I have done this? How should I have done it differently? And how can I do it differently in future? And, and to make it right, they've, they've upset a lot of people and don't acknowledge any of the blame that in my mind, if you stab someone, you can't fix it by putting a sticking plaster over the top. You've got to go a bit deeper to fit, heal that wound. And yeah. so if they really want to make it right with a fair few people, they've got to really think about how they can make it right and, and heal that deep wound without just yeah. thinking if they just say, oh, yeah, well, you know, times have been tough at the minute. You should just be there for me as a friend. No, that's not good enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's about blame, isn't it? You can't, all the time you're blaming other people. Mm. You are not being responsible for your, for your own actions. And, and what my experience of blame is that you, you let, it allows you, when you're blaming other people for things, it, it allows you to be really angry and right about everything except mm. what you've done or could be responsible for. And I think it's only when people let, only when people pull that blame back that they can start to see what, what, what their actions have been like and what they can mm. be responsible for. Yeah. So yeah, it's been it's been a, it's been a tough week. Though uh, uh, it sounds like you've had a an even rougher one. Yeah, well, it's it's it, it, it's a perfect time uh, to sort of segue into uh, a tribute to Steve Lovell. Um, Steve Lovell died this week. Um, I don't know exactly how uh, he, he had a, an illness going back a couple of years ago, which I think was some some kind of cancer type liver type you know he was he was in in and out of hospital touch and go for a while and then he and then he, then he was back and if you're a uh, a keen listener to the team super dad podcast steve lovell's conversation with me was the second ever team super dad podcast so not quite a nice as mike as this one but a bloody good conversation and steve i met him through landmark education and so we were on personal development courses you know so in in an environment like that people are encouraged not encouraged people discover the strength to be straight with you you know there's there's exactly like you did with your mate this week you know there's there's no value in not saying what there is to be said um but also doing it in a way that makes a difference right not just dump mm. dumping someone and steve he was a he was a scouser originally um he just had a, a, a massive heart and then you, you meet him, right. And he's a, he's a painter and decorator. And then, and then he starts talking about, Oh yeah, well, I used to be a punk. Uh, yeah. I used to play a guitar. Yeah. I was in a few bands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, I produced Blur's first album. 
yeah. Um, yeah, it was quite fun when they were, you know, head to head with with Oasis and you know Park Life and all. And you kind of just like, whoa, 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 back up, yeah. back up. I thought you were Steve. I thought you were just like Steve. I didn't realise you'd been done all this cool stuff. And on his podcast interview conversation with me, he talks about how how he got into punk and and how he was on top of the pops and how him and do you remember um uh ah oh, not not ah come on not frankie goes to hollywood um who sang that song blue jeans and chinos got pepsi and oreos americano oh, oh. Uh, genuinely blue- don't know but i'm gonna <laughs> find out um he was on top of the pops with him in like his original band. One of the guys from one of the guys from uh, Frank Holly Pace. Johnson. Holly, yeah, Holly Johnson. Was it Holly? Holly Johnson. Holly Johnson. Holly Johnson. Yeah, Steve and him were in a band together. And so you know what Facebook is like. It just came up. Like, really sorry to let you all know that Steve passed away peacefully with his family this week. And oh my gosh, you want to talk about legacy? And and Dad's listening to this, right? Like what? What are we on this planet for? What What is our purpose? What are our values? We just mentioned it a minute ago. Like people can get a little bit confronted by it like that. Like, oh well, that sounds quite heavy. Like I've got to go and do something amazing. I got no. Steve was just there for people, hmm. and and he was there for me. And and uh, when I told him I'd proposed to my wife, he was like, I do like her. In fact, I like her a lot but I don't think you should marry her. Right? <laughs> he didn't step over it. He didn't step over it. And he did like my wife. Um, he, him and his wife did so much for us when we first got together. Um, his son, David, and, and my stepson, Archie, were, were, were good mates for a while whilst we were, lived in the same area. And, uh, and he had, he had uh, Rachel, his wife. She has got three kids. Um, so he was stepdad to three, to three children, two boys and a girl. And, um, and, uh, and his son, David, and just, he's a Liverpool fan. So I know a lot of people on the, on the Liverpool football front are missing him on the punk front, on the music front, on the community front, on the, just a, just a top, top bloke. So, uh, he wasn't a big drinker, but kind of in honor to you as well, because I went with a gin and tonic last week. So, so this week I've got a little, I don't even know, might, might have been saying that someone won at a fair, but I got given it as a gift, uh, uh, for speaking, uh, uh, I don't know how much you're supposed to put in, but I've just had half of it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, this is going to be an interesting end to the podcast. I don't know. What is a shot? I don't know. Yeah. No, that you, you've just probably put in about three doubles there. Yeah, you're not meant to drink it by the pint. I'm, I'm going to um, open. This was uh, <laughs> this is whiskey that was made for me, or certainly made for me, then kind of mixed in my name. It's uh, based on a 1998 Speyside malt scotch. So 98, that's what, 20, 23 years? I was just finishing uni. It was party time in London. Uh, so mine's a nine-year-old, a gram to share. I'm sharing it with you, Glenn. So nine years, you've like top trumped me by... 98 plus nine, that's 2007 plus 14. Oh, you've 14 years. No, more than that. Mate. But it's it's not a competition. No, I know, but I like, <laughs> maybe I'm a little bit competitive. <laughs> everything. Well, I'll tell you what, if you, if you want to get competitive in that regard, oh. what I have here <laughs> is a, uh, a whiskey that was, what's Queen Elizabeth's dad's name? 
Bob. Well, <laughs> it was George. either like George or Edward, probably. There's a, there are all of those. Queen Elizabeth, our current queen. Yeah, her dad. Her dad was George. Okay. This, this is whiskey that was uh, bottled for his coronation. Oh. Uh, a friend of mine who is 72, uh, when his mum died, he found it in her house. And he doesn't like whiskey, so he gave it to me. So I'm saving this for ultra. I've had a, a couple of sips. I had a, a little bit on my, my 40th birthday, and I'm saving that for ultra special occasions. But you know what? This is, this hopefully will be uh, be good enough for Steve's memory. So uh, cheers. It really is. Cheers, cheers Steve. Steve Lovell. If we could have, here's the shocker of COVID, right? Bollocks to COVID. I'm fed up with it. If his funeral was a normal funeral, it would, it would literally be shut the town down type. You know, there'd be people coming from all over the world. And so I, I mentioned legacy a minute ago. I never really finished it off, but blimey, you know, dad's listening to this. I think, just think about like, what, if it was your funeral, what do you want people to say about you? Mm. If there was something that you could make a difference in, it doesn't mean invent something to cure cancer or, or find out how to go to Mars. It just means make a difference in your community. Stand up for your mates when, when you think they've proposed to the wrong person, you know, <laughs> be a great dad to three kids that aren't yours. Like just, just, just be Steve basically. So yeah, much missed. And I'll tell you what else it did make me think. It made me think there's a little bit of regret, but it's like how many times did I see him over the last 10 years and mm-hmm. stuff, going on i was busy we had the divorce we had babies we had miscarriages i was depressed we had a breakdown we had like and then amongst that i didn't see an awesome bloke as much as i could and that's that's what we must all remember is um t reverend td jakes one of a favorite line i heard of his in a in a in a video on youtube and it was about breakups and stuff but it says don't drown in a cup of water while she's off like while she's swimming in the sea or like you know Mm -hmm. one of you Another one, and uh, I think that 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 goes true for 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 reaching out to friends. No, no matter what's going on in your life, don't don't not speak to people that 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 are otherwise awesome. That being said, you're sitting here saying I didn't see him enough. You knew him. I never got to meet him, and so even if you didn't see him for a long time, didn't see him as much as you could have, didn't see him as much as you wanted, you got the chance to meet an awesome person. And that's incredible. And I'll, I will never have that opportunity. I'll never meet this man who has made such an impact in so many people's lives. So yes, you could have seen him more. We could all have seen many people more, but did you see him enough? Did you know him? And if you did, then, then I'd say, remember that rather than the, oh, yeah. rather, rather than the other side of things. Totally. totally. People, people, people have their own attitudes and sort of ways of dealing with death and stuff. And, and, and my mum died when I was a kid. It's given me a bit of a, I think a freer perspective on it. But, but one thing I say to people just in that exact same way, uh, Glenn is people can be upset and, and uh, yeah, fine, be upset for a while. But, but when it comes a point where it's just like, do you know what? They wouldn't want you to still be upset. They mm. want you to be having a laugh. So let's celebrate the memories of the people, people we've loved and missed. Yeah, definitely. Hussah. So, uh, but Monday night we did the, uh, the, the conversation with men and women about what women want men to know. It was a, yeah, an interesting discussion. It really, really was. How did you find it? I, I don't profess to be 
you know, the most learned person, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sometimes a little bit guilty of finding out just enough information to be able to participate in a conversation, <laughs> but not enough to really make a difference or influence it or, or, or <laughs> like enough to win. Let's be honest. I know enough to wing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I normally get by with just, with just winging it. But, but um, you said something right at the, right at the end of it. It might even have been after it actually, you know, it was after it was on a post in the team super dad group. You mentioned like the meaning of feminism. And I, I've been activated by the word feminism over the years. And, and, um, and yeah, so when you said that, I went and looked it up and it was, it, it's something as, it's as simple as the, 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 the principle of women's rights being equal uh, to, 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 to those of men or, or, or yep. you know, rights of women being, being equal to, to, to the other sex. So it's, 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 <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah. It's like if you had two kids, it's the right to break a bar of chocolate in half and give each the same piece size piece of chocolate. It's not to it's me not battle or toxic this or or win that or or retribution for the past. It, it, it you know some of the some of the feelings that even start, and I, I'm I'm open about this. I, I, I want to be honest and frank mm-hmm. about it because I think it gives other men the opportunity to see and question how they think as well. But yeah, sometimes I'm like, well, you know come on chill out you know like like uh, it's, we're getting there or like uh, you know as far as i'm concerned i want everything to be equal or whatever but then i get quite activated when they're really banging the drum and like wow oh, men are this and men are that uh, but, but when, when you say they who are we saying oh some obviously some of the louder people on twitter which i you know is a micro flipping cosm of the whole mm-hmm. female population yeah so you're on Twitter more than me, so you probably, I dare say, you. Yeah, I, I, I am. I have an awful lot. And uh, I I am an absolute feminist, 100%. My my kids are feminists. My uh, When my youngest, he was, I don't know, four or five years old, I was teaching him about uh, equal pay. And for weeks afterwards, he would just randomly walk up to me and say, Daddy, do you know that women do the same jobs as men, but they don't get paid as much money? That's crazy. I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's mad. How is this a thing? Um, and for it, it is exactly that. It's purely about equality. It's, it's saying um, no better, no worse. And that's all it is. It's not saying, it, I, I mean, a, a, not a good person should want both genders to be up to, and so on and, and the quality of life for everyone to be up. But it's not saying that women should be having things better than men, you know, Everyone wants things better, but it shouldn't be based on your gender. That's all it is. It's, it's really, really simple. It's just about pure equality. And it's whole, it's, it works both ways. So if men are held accountable for certain actions, women should be held equally accountable, not more, not less. It, it's, it's pure equality. That's, that's all it is. But it's been, it's been hijacked uh, by kind of the, the phrases like feminazis and um, the, the, the extremes where there are people out there uh, who do want women to uh, have so much more than men because making up for millennia of oppression and all that, which, which happened, but they are kind of quoted and, and referred to and all feminists are referred to in the same way. And that's just, it's just not true. If you can, not you personally, if anyone can look me in the eye and convince me that, two people should be treated differently based on their gender. I'll be open to the discussion, but it's rubbish. 
You no, know, I agree. I, it's rubbish. But I think my attitude has been too much like, well, that's obvious. Yeah. You know, that, that's obvious that, you know, okay, so let's just get on with it rather than sometimes it feels a bit angry. Um, other things that, that get up, that, that blow my mind. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's TV programs now where, where the dad or the brother is just a complete mom. Oh, you know? the, the, uh, the Peppa Pig sort of mindset. Well, I do, I, do you know what? I heard someone say that about Peppa Pig recently and have been being a dad of two kids, uh, oh. 11 and nine, you know, so they were, they were babies in the early two thousands. You know, I've watched, I've watched, I've watched every episode 50 times. I've watched hours and hours of Peppa. I love that. <laughs> I don't think of daddy pig too much of a doofus, but I think of him as just a loving dad who goes to work and get on with it. But, um, um, Disney, yeah, Disney is worse for it. Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. not much, but Disney's bad for it at the moment. And it seems like at Disney, there's this big push to put women front and centre. It's like, oh, it's like we feel bad about what we've done for the last 100 years, so we're going to flip it. And we're going to put women in all the front roles and we're going to make men look a bit bit stupid, um, which, I, which just feels a bit weird to me. It feels, it feels a bit... And I don't mind, but no one... No one's come out and said it. No one's come out and explained it. Or maybe they haven't. I haven't well, the, the, the issue isn't that women are getting in the front roles. It's because men are made to look stupid in it. Um, now, look at any other thing. The women aren't made to look stupid. Uh, that's that, the, the men might be the leading characters, but the women are made to look helpless and uh, fairy-like, and, and the man has to save them. Uh, now, how do you make a man be that I need saving in some way, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical or whatever, um, without him looking like an idiot, it, it's, it's hard to do. But yeah. I don't think I don't think it's it's as imbalanced as we think. Because I mean, look at look at panel shows, for example. Now, almost every panel. Show, if I see a panel show where there's more, say the normal like, have I got news for you? Not have I got news for you? And what's the mock the week? We got six panelists and the host. The host is male. Now, if there's more than two women on there, it it becomes noticeable because we're not used to seeing more than two stand-up comedians who are female. Yeah. How, how many times have you looked at something outside of QI? QI is the only one which is properly equal in terms of gender. But outside of QI, every single panel show is male-dominated to an absolute huge degree. If you saw a fully male lineup, you wouldn't even blink your eye. Um, and so when you see a woman on there, you think, okay, well, there's a you know, token woman, maybe two women. Three women, my God, are they trying to take over? And that's just three out of seven on that week. And that's just an example of, of ha- what happens in every single series. So I think we're so indoctrinated to it being mostly men with a little bit of women that when it ever it's even close to being equal or the other way, then we notice it and it massively stands well, out. Sport, sport mm. in the last 18 months, I, I don't listen to Five Live much, but I listen to Talk Sport. And whatever happened at TalkSport, someone said, shit, we've got to sort this out. And they just rolled in a load of women. Mm-hmm. And it was weird to start with. And I don't mean weird like bad. I just meant, I mean, like, it was just exactly as you said. It was noticeably off. It was noticeably weird. Like, you got a, you know, suddenly you've got a woman's voice commentating. You're like, hang on a minute. Where's the bloke? <laughs> but that's, that's the thing in the football we, we, in the old days we, in the women's world cup you'd have someone like and it wasn't him but gary lineker then you'd yeah. have an alan shearer and an ian wright and then maybe every now and then you'd have uh an alex scott might come on 
but mostly it was men because men are the experts in this. And yeah, yeah, it's women's football, but you'd have male commentators, male referees and all that sort of stuff. Um, can you ever imagine a world where you've got Kelly Coates um, being the anchor and then you've got Alex Scott and uh, Alex Morgan um, as the as the experts commentating on Man United versus Liverpool men's game? The, the, the gammon mind would explode. But actually, these are football experts talking about football just because they happen to have ovaries doesn't mean they're any worse. These, they, they're probably better qualified than some of the, the pundits. I mean, I would rather listen to Alex Scott talk, even though she's a goner, than, um, Danny Mills or Danny Murphy. Danny Murphy's, you know, he, 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 he won what a couple of England caps and, and played football for a long time. Alex Scott is a bona fide England and a domestic football legend who knows the game inside and out. But she happens to be a woman. So what? Who gives a damn? If she's saying the right things, get her on. But we, right. we point, we notice yeah. it. It takes a while to get you like a new pair of shoes, isn't it? If you look down, you don't recognize the shoes. They feel a bit weird to walk in. And, and after, like, and then, and then steadily but surely, they suddenly become just normal, but like just normal. Ah, they just, yeah. just comfortable. Look, look, and it's like, and it's just okay. Com- Compare a lineup these days where you've got, you've got Alex Scott, you've got Micah Richards and so on. Cause it was also, a, there was a, the whole race side of things as well. Yeah, um, has happened over the last year or two. Um, but then, yeah, yeah comp- compare that to three or four years ago when basically yeah. it was Matt Letizier, Paul Merson, uh, I don't know, just name generic white old man. And yeah. that was it. And Charlie Nicholas and they would just sit there. Just, just faffing about, not actually doing anything good, but you know they're legends, so it's okay. Now, of the players in the in the Premier League are probably black or of some you know black community kind of background, yeah, or, or racial background, yeah. No, so it's it's all good, and uh, but oh god, we we strayed totally off on, from the conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Monday nights, Monday nights podcast with with uh, Liz and, and 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 Joe, but. Yeah, this is the same subject, though, really. It's it's what we accept as normal when it isn't actually okay that that's normal. And mm. uh, grabbing women's asses, wolf whistling them, rubbing past them in the pub <laughs> mm. <laughs> as some kind of way to let them know that you're attracted to them, but it's actually really pervy and intimidating, uh, let alone scary. And um, these were some of the points that, that came up during the conversation with Joe and, and, and Liz. So like if we were saying it's not, it's not about whether you do it. It's about, you know, if you, if you, if you don't do it, brilliant. But I tell you what, if you don't do it, you know, somebody who does. And if you see him do it, call them out on it. You know, it doesn't have to be actually rubbing their, 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 themselves up against someone. It can be a comment, a look, uh, uh, something where you're, uh, they're doing something which is going to intimidate someone. Just make, say, mate, you don't, don't do that. And if we keep calling it out, then it will change. Yeah. Cause it's one thing to go up and offer a, a, a chat, someone out, offer to buy them a drink and that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. But we, we've, uh, we've all seen it where it's, and I'm not very good at it. I'm, I don't have the, I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, but I don't, I'm not very, I don't have quite enough confidence to, around the whole chatting up thing. But then the flip side of that is where people have too much confidence and their idea of chatting up is, Let's go and leer over these two birds and basically make inappropriate comments to them, laugh to each other whilst they're sitting there feeling quite uncomfortable, um, make a crude proposition to them. If they say yes or no, we don't really care anyway because you get to laugh at them and then, and mm-hmm. then bolt back 
mates and go, oh, yeah, check out. Yeah, do you see what I did to those two? Um, and those women won't remember a thousand of you, but they will remember a one of them. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't actually sound like you need to be going out on the pull at the moment. Sounds like you might you might be uh, fully yeah. falling into the G-spot. So we called today's uh, episode back in the game because I, I do seem to I do seem to have found myself kind of back in the game. Um, I'm going to I'm going to definitely be very appropriate in this conversation, but I do want to share it because it's been five and a half years <laughs> since I split up. But that also means five and a half years since since I've uh, had sex Um Five and a half years to anything, basically. I did have a, I did have a few dates and a, and a snog uh, last uh, last autumn, but it's you know the curious thing is I've I, I've got a vision board in front of me, yeah, and I wrote on this vision board what the what I wanted from 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 a from an ideal partner, right? And I'm not saying mm-hmm. this woman is the perfect partner. I'm not saying I'm falling in love. I'm, not, I'm trying to manage manage my whole emotions uh, about it but at, at 46 i think it's okay and i did get some flack about this when i shared my vision board on facebook um i think it's okay to be really clear about what we do and don't want out of a out of mm. a relationship um and so it says on there right, i read it out it goes healthy music not not healthy music but this is like these are like bullet points right healthy into music Dance, funk, house, gigs, festivals, fitness, runner, competitive, funny, confident, generous, five foot six to five foot ten, slim, positive attitude, spiritual, Christian faith, skier, and then in capitals, no drama. (laughs) No drama. So when I shared this on Facebook a couple of years ago, one woman went absolutely mental at me. I think we talked about this last week, didn't we, on the podcast? I think we did, didn't we? No, I don't, I don't know if we covered this bit. Ah, oh, she goes, I'm five foot five, an atheist, and I hate the snow. So that counts me out. <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, well, yeah, it does. <laughs> no biggie. I think, you know, I know you knew since school, like, you, you know, you, you're an all right woman, like, you know, fun girl. I like, but that, that wasn't the, really the point. I've, I've had, I'm 46 years old. I've had, I've had relationships that didn't work and I probably wasn't clear enough about what I did and didn't want. Um, and that's how I found myself in relationships that were painfully wrong, basically. Mm. So, so yeah, this, this, this woman is, is, uh, of course you're going to say she's awesome. Otherwise, why would you be having a, a sixth date with someone if they weren't flipping awesome. But um, it's also, it's also really weird. Like just touch, even, even hugs. Mm-hmm. We laughed and joked the other week about when I was cooking her dinner and I felt like Del Boy kind of like, all right, darling, <laughs> come in. <laughs> I've got meat and two veg on the go, you know. <laughs> uh, but um but yeah, we, 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 uh, we did, we, I tried to bring up the conversation about like what, what I want, what I don't want, you know, the, the other day on a walk and it was awfully clumsy and it didn't really land. So I, so I put it in a, in a long, in a long text, mm-hmm. which, you know, which, which she really appreciated. She was like, Oh, that's amazing that you've said that. Whereas it, it did feel a bit weird. Like I'm going to say things here that could put an end to this, but it's probably better that it puts an end to it before it starts or someone says, Oh wow, that's exactly. First of all, amazing that you said that. 
Second of all, actually, I'm really on board. That sounds brilliant. Um, oh, that sounds ideal. I mean, I've had those conversations in the past where a woman said, what are you looking for? What, who, what's your ideal woman? And I've said with all the caveats, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fucking good at caveating here and saying, mm-hmm. look, this is not the only woman that I would ever date. However, yeah. this is the sort of woman that I would absolutely love to date. And you go into to a whole world of things. But all they hear is, I've got the, I'm not this, therefore this isn't going to work. So, well, no, okay, if you're not that, that's fine. It, that's, that's not a deal breaker. I've only, I've got, a, I have got deal breakers, but none of the things that I'm mentioning here are anything to do with deal breakers. And yeah, people can get quite hung up on what they do and don't want and miss out on a whole world of opportunity that would be fantastic. Yeah. I wonder if those kind of people haven't been through a heartbreak. They're still in, they're still in the mindset of anyone could love me. I, I, I'm going to, in fact, I've probably been guilty of this. I'm going to turn this into the perfect relationship. Mm. She's so blessed to be with me. We're going to, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to make it perfect. And, and that's ridiculous. That's never going to, that's never going to, it's like marrying a vegetarian. Like, oh, well, she'll change. She'll change. She'll yeah. I mean, <laughs> that that is one of those things. I, I would really struggle. I, I know I'd really struggle with, uh, with a vegan um, because I'm definitely not that. And I know I would feel awkward about it. I would struggle with someone who didn't drink or was highly religious um, or who was uh, a massive fan of Brexit. You know, there are things about my mindset and values and so on. And I, I was on, I was on telly. I got um, about debating Brexit with some Tory, I can't remember his name um, on good morning Britain. And I got the amount of hate mail and abuse uh, that I got. And they wrote articles in the daily mail about me. Um, but I you know my value conversation. Sorry. You were in the conversation or you just happened to tweet about it. No, no, I was on telly. I've been on telly. Oh, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> um, so this, this was my first time on what's the one with Piers Morgan. Is that he's good morning, Britain TV? Yeah, he's gone now. That whatever that one was. Um, but yeah, they, the daily mail ran pieces on me and the abuse, the only bit of abuse that really hurt me. Someone called me scruffy. I said, fuck off. You know, I'll be called a lot. You can disagree. I was not scruffy. Um, but I know my values. I know these are things that are deal breakers because I know I couldn't shut up about them. I wouldn't be able to, to, to let that lie. And I know it would cause arguments and I don't want arguments, but most things, if, if you know what, even, even as a Spurs fan, if my missus was a gooner, I wouldn't particularly like it, but that would add a certain frisson to the relationship. Yeah. It would be, an, it would be great. It would be really funny. Yeah. She um, loves football. Um, it's a funny story. Uh, very close friends of ours, David and Jane, when, when David, DMAC, when they got together, Jane was actually a gooner and, uh, and he converted her. Oh, good man. What a, what a story. There's one more of us and one less of them. What a happy ending that is, eh? That's- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, 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 so flipping brilliant. But, but I just want to say to, to, to dads, right? It's weird, you know? Get, getting naked. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, hello, you know, like kind of, whoa, whoa, I'm naked. She's naked. Um, but it, it, it's, it's because it's more than touch. 
and it's out, and I, I, I may be way off piece here, so tell me if this is bollocks. Um, but holding someone, touching someone, kissing someone is one thing. But when, for example, this bit of naked skin is touching their bit of naked skin, that's different. That feels different because as much as I love you, Johnny, my, that bit of naked skin on me is probably never going to touch that bit of naked skin on you. Um, and it's only with someone you're intimate with and you're comfortable and you, you, that you touch and hold in a way that is different, that just connects you in a different way. And it's, it, it does feel exciting. And I, I'm, I'm really excited for you, man. This is absolutely awesome. But, um, I'm also quite. I'm also quite pissed off that um, that you, you've you've uh, you've been naked with a woman more recently than I have. I mean, how the fuck has that happened? Because it's on my vision board. I wrote that nearly three years ago. Nearly three years ago, and I've been writing it in my goals in my journal mm-hmm. consistently. Fall in. I'm not going to say I'm not going to fall in love right now, but um, you know, um, with a you know beautiful, fun, fit, attractive. Confident, generous, tactile, tactile, loving. We laugh, play, and plan our goals together. That's what goes in my in my uh, in, in my in my thing. So no, the reason I'm sharing this, right, just to be clear for people, is not I'm not trying to like flip in kiss and tell. I'm I'm trying to share this with other dads because you know if you've been single, just 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 rushing around trying to find someone, find someone, find someone, find someone. I, I read a stack, so I did actually look it up. Second marriages have a worse success rate than flipping first marriages. First marriages are 50-50. I mean, obviously, I'm sure you, you know, this is this is one flipping stat. Sorry, I, sh- I should now already be looking for my third marriage. You haven't had two, have you? No, I haven't. I've only had one. But if you're saying the second man's oh, going to fail already, then you know what? Let's plan ahead. No, no. Uh, second marriage failure rates. Failure rate. No, no, I think, I think, oh, here we go. Yeah, bad news. Divorced couples who marry for the second time have only a 31%, oh no, 31% chance of their marriage ending in divorce. Well, that's better then. Well, that's all right. No, but it doesn't. Okay, no, it's just straight away. Second article is second marriages are more likely to end in divorce. Here's why. Yeah, so there we go. Depending on who you ask. It's either going to be better or worse. <laughs> uh, well, that, that, that's cleared it up nicely then, hasn't it? That's a, that's a Murray Walker. That's a Murray Walker quote, whatever there was. Right now. <laughs> now we can tell it's either going to be good or bad. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to some, uh, there, there must be, I'm looking forward to the F1 tomorrow. There's going to be loads of Murray Walker references in the F1 tomorrow. I cannot can wait. I saw on, I don't know whose steering wheel it was uh, in the... Uh, Williams. In the, in the will, oh, cool! Yeah, so in in the practice runs today, in the, in the times times, uh, they were had some Murray Walkerisms on their on their steering wheels. Oh, and uh, on the halo as well. On the halos, um, on the- yeah. I, I'm going to have to stop talking because there's a lump in my throat, um, and that just ah, oh, it's it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be bittersweet. And it's it's weird because at the end of the day, we were talking about death earlier. He was he wasn't a young man. We everyone dies. Everybody dies. Everybody dies twice. Once when they physically die and once when someone mentions their name for the last time. Now, Murray Walker has died his first time. He's going to be living on and on and on for a long, long time to come. You know why that's true? More. He retired 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. He last commentated 20 years ago. Yet he's still the voice of F1. 
I would have said five years, six years. Yeah, I said, I would have said no. He, I would have said no. He retired a while ago. It's got to be at least five or six years. No, Crofty's been doing it for a long time. Twenty it's... years ago, he retired. But he's 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 incredible. He, and he would and he loved it. He was a fan who happened to be there, and he was he was someone who really got into it. And he would have loved how this season's going to go. This season is going to be. Epic. It's going to be so good. The McLaren said they were right up there. Uh, Mercedes are back down a little bit. The the Red Bulls are going to be on fire as well. I tell you, I am more excited because the longer a set of regulations are stable, the closer things get. Also, there are they've they've introduced like a um oh, what's it called uh, when in the American sports when a draft system. So the further down the field you get the more development credits you're allowed to bring you closer to the front. Um, Ooh, it's, there's so many little changes to the rules and regulations, even before next year. Next year's a game changer, but this year is a bonus year where all the cars are, are not just where they were before, but they can, they can keep, keep oh, going oh, and getting closer and closer. You know that drinking game where you have to run and put your head on the, on the, 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 the broom. On the broom yeah. Do like 10, 10 times around the broom. If you get too far in the lead, you have to come in, get, <laughs> do some donuts, get out of the car, put your head on a broom, do 10 <laughs> times around the broom, and then get back in the car and drive out. That's genius. Well, that's the thing this year is that there's not going to, no one's going to walk away with it. It's going to be brilliant. This is, this is, this is heaven for me because this is also, <laughs> as a Spurs fan, as an England fan with the rugby and the cricket and the football and all that these days, um, F1 is the only sport because it's not, it's not a traditional team. I can't lose. I just enjoy the whole thing. And so it doesn't matter who wins. doesn't matter what happens. There's stories, there's drama, there's everything. I can't lose. I'll enjoy it no matter what. And unlike the football where I end up losing in a 93rd minute. Yeah. And if it is closer and Hamilton still wins, he probably will. He's still the Mercedes at least will be one of the best cars. And he is, uh, in, he's, uh, in the top two, maybe three drivers in the world, full stop in equal cars, only Verstappen, maybe Alonso. And on a, an exceptionally good day, if his confidence is up, Vettel, um, can hold the torch to him. Um, there's other drivers who will be up to that level. Lando Norris will be up there. George Williams will be up there. There's drivers who are on their way up. Um, Ricardo is absolutely superb as well. And even on his day, Raikkonen, and if he can be bothered. Um, but there are three, two or three drivers who are superb, world-class drivers and their cars are getting closer and uh, it's exciting. And Hamilton will probably win, but that's fine because he is the greatest driver of all time who would beat just about every other driver over the course of a season. Oh, and that's wonderful to do. They could do one of those Rocky Six simulations. <laughs> all the old drivers in but we were going to do this Glenn actually right we, we were struggling for hot in the 90s uh we weren't struggling we were just we were just coming up with some random ideas hot in the 90s we're going to bring up 90s f1 drivers and our podcast listeners i know you hate this bit but uh we'll include you in imagine you're blind we're going to describe this next section for you <laughs> Can we make can we make jokes about being blind? Is that okay? Uh, what have I done? Yeah, there? absolutely. Nineties F one drivers. Yeah, we are inclusive. Uh, we'll take the piss out of everyone. Uh, this is in the name of F one coming back, and it's in the name of Murray Walker and all that sort of stuff. So this is relevant. Hot in the nineties, right? 
F1 drivers. And to be clear, right, if you are racing a uh, 180 miles an hour around a track, if you are um, sponsored up to the nines, if you have got a million quid in the bank, then you've got a lot of credits. You, you, you can you, you <laughs> a big nose won't seem quite so big when you've got uh, a million uh, a million quid and a and a and a, a villa in uh, uh, what's it called Monte Carlo because because it, it's it's so much about attraction and sexiness is confidence and you can't just like you can't blow a timid trumpet you cannot be a timid racing car driver so every one of these guys has an arrogance a confidence a style a swagger that is fucking magnetic and so even if yeah Ayrton Senna look at him in general and he's not he's not super good looking but even that photo you put up there right right? Yeah, he looks like a weird Jimmy White, doesn't he? he he's, <laughs> not, he's not a sexy fella, but put him in a racing suit and get him on race day. And there's this look in his eyes. It's like, fuck you. I am amazing. You deserve, you don't, I don't know if you deserve my time and attention. And I'll tell you what, that is sexy as fuck. Yeah, yeah. What, uh, what about, uh, surely, was, was, Mario Kart, not Mario Kart, but was 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 Nigel Mansell, Mario Brothers, around when, when Nigel Mansell had that moustache? It was, it was indeed. He was just on their overlap, and I think that was uh, a <laughs> yeah, bought into it. Mansell, uh, I've got, I, I was saying about sexy. Um, Mansell is not. He's not <laughs> in sexy. any way, shape, or form hot. He's the sort of <laughs> person you'd expect. You'd expect to, to to bump into him in your dad's garage when they're 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 repairing an old Rover. Um, he hasn't. He hasn't got that certain, as the French say. I don't know what. Je ne sais quoi. Yeah, his his uh, his his fame and money and racing driver lifestyle nudged him from a three to a four mm-hmm. <laughs> on the hot list. <laughs> Whereas the man next to him on your screen there, Mika Hakkinen. Oh man, that is a cool, cool man. Typical fucking Viking, I gotta say. Thick neck, blonde hair, kind of quiffed over in a nineties thing. Got kind of a boyish charm about him, um, and a sort of confidence without arrogance. Schumacher had arrogance; he was purely arrogant, but that was fine because he was one of the greatest drivers of all time. But Hakkinen was better than him for a couple of years, and that's incredible. Because of car or because of driving skills? Both. Both. He was in. A, he was in, a, in an, an equal car, um, but he had a very different driving style. And just for a couple of years, he just topped out and just beat him on pure talent. It's Schumacher. It's hard to make jokes about Schumacher because he's to say he's, he's not even disabled, is he? He's no, we don't know. His family won't release any information. We can we can kind of posit that he is a, a vegetable. Basketball. We do know he's not playing basketball, don't we? No, no. But his son is driving this year. You do know that, don't yeah. you? But uh, look at Ayrton Senna. No, sorry. Look at Schumacher. Um, he's very tall. Is but, he like a really tall bloke? Uh, no, I don't think he was, actually. Um, let me find out. But, yeah, again, he's not a looker. Um, he's just someone who he's, – he's got that arrogance. That conf- he, For him, it was arrogance. Um, it, was never, it was never just confidence. Here, here's what we should do, right? Um, 
F1 drivers' wives. That's surely the measure. <laughs> no, oh, mate, that's that's objectification. Sure. <laughs> so he was 172 centimeters. I don't know what that is in feet and inches, but um, it's not tall. I know I'm about 180, and I'm six foot, so he wasn't tall at all. So five foot gonna, eight. Five foot eight. That's all he was. I think we've got for me. For me, I think Ayrton Senna was the uh, well. You, uh, it could be the uh, the uh, the Iceland the uh, the what's he called? Mick, Mick well, yeah, we we glossed over Alan Prost, who's got that Gallic charm, but um, I think that enormous nose. It is. It was. That was an aerodynamic nose, if nothing else. No, no. There's a, there's, there's, Jacques can... Villeneuve. He was. He was in the nineties. David Coulthard. Yeah, massive chin. Okay, so plenty of plenty of. Uh, uh, this is like you can we can have a bit of male totty in here because it's because it, because we've got the sport angle. We have got the sport angle. I've got to say, any in my opinion, any man who can't appreciate the beauty of a good-looking man is not secure in his own sexuality. Uh, you should be able to look and say, you know what, that is a good-looking yeah. man. We did discuss this when we mentioned Ryland the other week. <laughs> <laughs> So there we go, chaps. There's our hot in the 90s. Um, you may have your own favourite F1 fan, F- F1 driver from the 90s. But, um, oh, F1 women drivers. We're going to get one, do you reckon? I said, uh, absolutely caned it at Cheltenham on the subject of women doing amazing. I don't know. Uh, do you I, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm no, not in, 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 in the Gold Cup, which is like flipping second in the biggest race after well some would say before the grand national yeah she she won See, like, no, I, she won I, like four I, or five races at the, the Cheltenham at the gold cup i i don't understand horse racing i know this i know this for a fact i don't understand the 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 skill or the talent because as far as i'm concerned you get a little person on there and they kind of ride and then they whip the horse and the horse runs far the horse does the work all you've got to know is at what point do you whip the horse? And if the horse is good enough, it runs faster. Whereas F1, there's so much more to it. And yes, we, we definitely will have a female F1 driver. The reason we haven't had her so far isn't because of so much. Yes, there are some genet- some um, kind of physicality involved in it. F1 is, despite what people say, it's one of the most physically demanding sports on the planet. It's huge. Um, and so there are men are physically built differently. That's not up for debate it's a true how much g like g force is round the corner yeah, yeah. then their necks their necks are wider than my thighs um but women could that uh measure could be a great f1 drive <laughs> yeah how many thighs um <laughs> but um women the the reason they've not got into the sport isn't because of that it's because they haven't had the support and the opportunity to get into the racing um but they That's haven't had uh, they've been same as bank drivers there's there's no like there's no route to the top at the moment they, they, yeah they, they haven't they haven't been supported and encouraged at karting level upwards and and so we don't know that there is the w series now and that's providing more light on the subject and it's gonna trouble is it's gonna take too long but it, it's on the way it's just not quick enough but yeah um for the for the time being i can't see uh, uh there, there's no f1 sorry there's no um w series or or lower grade racing drivers who are female that i'm aware of uh, that are looking like you know what they're going to be F one. But in the uh, in the eighties, there was a French woman who was a rally driver, and mm-hmm. she competed at the very top in the uh, in the World Rally uh, Championships. 
Yeah, and, and there have been yeah, there've, there've been there've been women um, on testing weekends. I mean, hell, Total Wolf's wife Susie, she was pretty sharp. Let me be clear, she would beat me in a race. I'm not <laughs> even going close to it. She's lightning sharp, <laughs> <laughs> probably. Um, and uh, there was a, there was another, and I forget her name. I think she was Spanish um, driver who was killed um, on the racetrack uh, as well in, in testing one uh, a few years ago. Um, so there are women who are kind of getting to the testing stages. They're just not getting the not not just getting the opportunity. So they, they weren't these women weren't quick enough. That doesn't mean they couldn't have been, but they came into it too late, and it just wasn't going to work for them. I'll tell you what, we will big up Michel Mouton, French rally driver, competed in the World Rally Championship for the Audi factory team. She took four World Rally. Uh, race victories and finished runner-up in the Drivers World Championship in 1982. Mm-hmm. That is a badass French woman. Got so, when you talk about top of the game, French women, they got, we knew a woman, uh, uh, she, was our, she was our ski instructor in Les Arts. Her name was Poun, Poun Begois. And she had the world record for like speed skiing for the Flying K. She did over <laughs> kilometers on a mono ski. This woman was tough. tough. Uh, she'll have had thighs. You don't get speed skating unless you've got muscle. Well, that's like jockeys. You got you got to crouch down and, and <laughs> go around. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard work being a jockey. Come on. Tell you, one, one of my ambitions actually is to go and follow the F1 to every continent we race on. So I'm um, going to the Middle East. Going to um, Asia to go to Australia to go to Rio to go to North America. Um, trouble is, I don't think I'm going to do it this year. I don't think I'm going to get abroad and uh, get out on my summer holidays anytime soon. Well, that's kind of the last on our running order, Glenn. Are our summer holidays on or off this this year? We got we got uh, Boris, Boris June. You can't go anywhere if you leave the country. You're going to get a five thousand pound fine. Ooh, someone mm-hmm. joked on the Tinternet this week, that was still cheaper than going on a Centre Parks holiday. Yes, that was a new stump. <laughs> How do they get away with it, Centre Parks? I, think it's, I, I do want to go, I want to go away, I, but not just with the kids. I, I just want to do a sea break. I just want to get out of the country for my own mental sanity. I've not left the country since... Oh, since 2019. I went to Dublin for the weekend. That was the last time I went abroad. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm hugely troubled, but somehow I, I've, I've managed to get away a few times every year. And last year, the furthest I got was Ely. Ely. Well, I went to Manchester for a weekend, but that was pre-lockdown. Um, and then in between lockdowns, a friend of mine, he was doing some, uh, uh, some genealogy stuff. And he booked a, a little cottage in the middle of, of Cambridgeshire and said, look, Look, do you want to come and just stay in one of the spare rooms? You can work during the day. He'll go off and do his family history. And uh, then we'll just eat and drink all night. And we was just in the, in the middle of a field in the middle of Cambridgeshire. And it was lovely, but not exactly, exactly luxurious or exotic. No, no, no. no. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm pretty much thinking about booking a caravan again, like we did last year, basically. Mm-hmm. Because we did get away and it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, I got, I got to Wales last year with the kids. I, I, ever since the divorce, I've wanted the kids to have something they didn't have before. And so the first year we did a road trip around the UK 
um, just literally just go, I'd say, where do you want to go next? And they'd say, uh, Stonehenge. So we'd drive to Stonehenge. Where do you want to go next? Uh, Chocky Walky Doodars. So we'd drive to Brighton. Uh, where do you want to go next? Uh, I don't know, uh, up a mountain. So we'd drive to Wales. And that was the first year. And then the second year we went to Croatia, um, and also popped over to Venice. And I took them to, what's the one north of that? The Serbia or something. I don't know. I can't remember which one. Um, Slovakia. And then the third year I went to Greece and popped over to Albania as well. And I was thinking every year, let's try and go away. And last year, all I could manage was a caravan in Wales, but it was a holiday and my kids haven't really had holidays before divorce. So um, that was all I could manage. That's, that's what we'll do this year. Anything, anything at all. I'll, yeah. I'll, I would even go to Butlin's Bognor Regis. I'm going to, I'm going to Bognor Regis for my birthday weekend. Are you really? It was the Bun, Bun, Bun Holiday Park. When's your birthday, Johnny? May 12th, coming up. M- May the 12th, that's not far, that's not far. Yeah. And, uh, well, we will be able to have a drink in West Morning. I cannot wait for that. You're only a couple of miles away as the crow flies. Yeah, I can ride my bike and, and, uh, and do like a comedy, comedy, journey home <laughs> hey hell one day maybe not even trying to count chicken until it's deep fried and in a bucket in front of me one day maybe i can third wheel on one of your dates <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm not, no i'm not gonna say a, i'm not gonna say no. double date it's only got a popper tweet out and surely there's a line of women at the, at the front door they're not in, I, you, you'd be surprised <laughs> and even if they're if, those who would respond i'm sure are not women that maybe i would want to be double dating with okay well I, that being said if you are a sexy woman then yeah yeah call me yeah, call yeah. me a you can third wheel b surely there's uh there's there's definitely uh prospective women out there who are going to be just flipping busting to get out and go to the swan in oh. the Hopefully some of those second and third and fourth marriages would have failed over <laughs> lockdown. Yeah, exactly. And this is going to be the star of the next roaring twenties. You're very attractive, but can I just check? Is it, is his first, second or third? Like if it's fourth marriage, then definitely you're, you're in, you're in. Yeah. <laughs> it's completely like devoid of all emotion. She's, she's like, here's my checklist. Read it. <laughs> <laughs> You need four out of five organizers and off all the deals off. <laughs> yeah, I like, like on guess who. Yeah, yeah. Does, does he look emotionally stunted? No. Does he look like he's going to bundle me in the back of a van? No. And in that case, you know what? The rest of it is fine. Absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. Well, Glenn, good to, uh, good to hang out with you. The wrap up. I hope everyone's enjoyed it. Uh, we're here every week and we're, this is, this is when I was in a hole, right? I listened to podcasts a lot and, uh, and I know a lot of, you know, for men driving home, salespeople, people who commute, people who get up early and work. You've got single dads who are home on their own sometimes and, uh, and feeling a bit like fed up there on their own. The wrap up, Glenn and I's intention is to just basically, well, we enjoy it because we're just hanging out. So that's kind of what we're up to. And uh, we'll be one of those overnight success one night, uh, Glenn. We'll, we'll say something awfully uh, inappropriate and it will go viral and uh, and then that's how we're going to become famous did you hear what that johnny jensen said i'll uh, tell you what that'll be the thing that's said at my funeral 
If he hadn't said if he hadn't said those words, he'd still be alive today. It was going so well. Dot dot dot. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, please share this. Give us a like, review. For, of course, subscribe. Uh, you might be watching this on YouTube or Facebook uh, or LinkedIn. Um, but uh, also, definitely subscribe to the podcast. And uh, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Glenn, take care, buddy. Team Super Dad out. Bye. This has been Team Super Dad. Find us at TeamSuperDad.com. Join the program and create the best life ever for you and your children. You are not alone. You're on Team Super Dad.